This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Well, hello and welcome to a special edition of the Blood Red podcast. Delighted to say that uh, I'm joined by uh, former Liverpool winger Mark Walters. Mark, good to see you back at Anfield. How are you? Thank you. Good, good afternoon. Yeah, I'm fine. Thanks. You. Uh, a little bit chilly in the shade, but, uh, <laughs> but I'm fine. Yeah, very good. Great stuff. And obviously, you've been here today to promote your new autobiography, Winging It. Yeah. Um, how, how did you find the, the process of, of going about that and, and looking back on what's been an amazing journey for you? Yeah, it was it was really good. It was very, very cathartic for me, um, cleansing all these some memories I had, good and bad. And I really enjoyed the process of writing a book and getting some memories out and uh, getting some facts that I even forgotten about myself. And yeah. yeah, it was really interesting, really interesting for me. And I'm sure you keep a, a close eye on your old old club here. You must mm. be impressed with how they're progressing under under the guidance of Jurgen Klopp. Oh, absolutely, yeah. The, the front play has always been exciting, and now they've, they've shored up the back a bit as well now. So, so, so as a team now, they're very, very solid. Play some fantastic football, really enjoyable to watch. And they've, they've made a fantastic start as well, which is always important in any league campaign. It starts important, and now they're up amongst it, and um, it's looking very promising. Do you think, is it realistic to think they can push City all the way this season? Oh, without a doubt. I mean, last season, in my opinion, Liverpool were the only team that gave Man City a run for the money, playing, you know, toe-to-toe yeah. and, and giving them a game. Uh, didn't need any um, tactical play at all, just give them a game, you know, toe-to-toe, as it were. So, with the progress Liverpool have made and the signings have made and now the strength in depth they have, Enough without doubt, they have a chance of uh, gonna need some luck, obviously, but definitely have a chance of winning the league, yeah. And obviously, a big part of this Liverpool team is the pace mm. and attacking quality they've got. That's that's some front three, isn't yeah. it? Mane, oh. Salah, and Firmino, absolutely. Uh, very exciting, very, very talented players, quick as well. And you know, as you know, you can't defend against pace after time, so it's looking very good. And on top of that, as I said, the, the, the strength in depth now is good. You know, they've got players like Sturridge as well to come in and do his bit when he's, as he's done so far. His goal record is second to none. So it's looking very good attacking-wise, absolutely. And just looking back on your career, obviously mm. started off at your, your boy at Club Villa. Yeah. Um, you know, great success there. The big move to, to Rangers in, yeah. in 87. Um, am I right in thinking you could have you could have joined Everton, couldn't you? Yeah, that year? You yeah. Could, Everton. could have been on Merseyside four years before you finally made it here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I could have. Um, I, I don't know if it was it could have been middle names Everton. I, didn't, <laughs> I just thought uh, maybe not. Maybe ch- check other places. But no, no. Obviously, Everton was, was a great club. Yeah. He's a great club. Uh, but it wasn't just wasn't right for me at the time. So um, when I spoke to Glasgow Rangers and, and everything, ticked the boxes there, and uh, never regretted a minute there. Yeah. Was was part of that decision based on the European football side of things? Obviously, at that time, English clubs were were banned in Europe, weren't they? Yeah, without a doubt, that was very important. Um, there was a ban at uh, English clubs at the time. Glasgow Rangers had offered European football as well as other things. So, yeah, that was one of the doubt. That one of the biggest influences is me going up to Scotland was the, uh, the European situation. As I'd started at Villa, and, you know, we had some great European nights there, and I just wanted that back again. Yeah, um, obviously, three league titles with Rangers, mm. fantastic success. When when Graham Souness came down to Liverpool to take over from Kenny Dalglish in '91, yeah. did, did you always think there was a good chance he would come back and, and take you as well? No, I never thought about it at all. To be honest with you, I mean, I, I was very happy at Glasgow Rangers. Um, things were going well. Um, they were going to offer me a new contract, and. Um, I think I think what made them allow me to talk to uh, to Liverpool was the fact that uh, that four foreigner rule was just coming in, right. and they they knew that um, 
obviously with the fourth final rule there could be problems with certain English players and tactical and so forth so I think that was the only reason why they allowed me to, to speak to, to Liverpool but obviously once I spoke to Liverpool I was, uh, I was interested and uh, yeah Was it an easy decision? No it wasn't, e it wasn't easy because you, as at the time uh, I was very happy at Glasgow Rangers but uh, the four, four player rule did make me think about things other things and um, but, but you know English teams are back in, in Europe there's a lot of pluses as well so but it was a difficult decision I, I only had a few hours to think about it as well but uh, I thought I made the right decision at the time anyway for sure I know in the book you talk about it being in the hindsight a mistake mm, to go to yeah. Liverpool what, what, what do you mean by that? Well I remember that was um, if I'd have known about the four-player rule, I maybe wouldn't have made the decision, as I say, because right. of uh, things. But, but I didn't know that at the time. Yeah. I didn't know they were going to rescind that rule within a few months. I think it only lasted one season. Right. So, so that was what I meant by that. But obviously, coming to Liverpool, you don't turn down the, you know, the most successful club in Britain without uh, thinking about it. So that, that's what I meant by that. It was a case of the four-player rule yeah. was coming in. Yeah, and, that, and then that obviously then meant that that suddenly more foreign players could play and, yeah. and that, you know, then, then that added impact on the opportunities for, for kind of homegrown talent. Absolutely, yeah, of course, of course. So it all affected everything. But as I said, um, don't regret a minute of, of anything. And uh, although we only won the uh, FA Cup and didn't win the big prize, the Holy Grail, if you like, the, uh, the league, which is what any player who comes to Liverpool, you're judged on winning the league. And, and unfortunately, even to, to this day, 30 years later, we still haven't won it. So hopefully this is the year that it changes. Yeah. What was that dressing room like that you, that you walked into in 91? Because there were some big personalities in yeah. there, weren't we? You know, that have been at the club a long, long time. Yeah. Rush, Mulby, Nickel, Grobbler. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, very big characters, you can put it that way. Yeah, so uh, the banter was good, as you can imagine. And um, But, uh, you know, you know it, was, it was all good fun. And uh, as I said, the only problem was we, we just couldn't win that, get that league title, really. But... Uh, off the field, we all got on really well, and it was good. Good to be around the players. 1.25 million Liverpool paid for you. Yeah. Did you feel that pressure? Did, did that was that part of it? Do you think coming with a big price tag? You know, it was a lot of money at the time. Yeah. Doesn't feel like. Doesn't seem like it these no, days. No, pennies now, isn't it? No, um, it, it wasn't a case of the pressure of the finance. The finance is the pressure of just doing well. You, you play for clubs that I've played for, Aston Villa, Liverpool, Glasgow Rangers. It comes with the territory pressure. So it wasn't the pressure of the fee. It was the pressure of trying to do well pressure of uh, trying to succeed and, and be effective in, the, in, your, in your team November 91 uh, Auxerre yeah. at Anfield you must mm. have happy memories of that night yeah it was a, it was a, it was a good great night I mean uh, the, the, the tie the first round we, we uh, lost 2-0 yeah. so it was, we were up against it I think no one really fancied us to overall 2-0 I don't think every, any club at that time up till then had ever overhauled a 2-0 deficit so um to actually do that and do it with such flair as we did was really a great night and uh, although in fact it wasn't even a sellout at Anfield but the, the atmosphere was really electric and the crowd were brilliant for us and got us through the uh, got us over the white line as it were yeah well, I was looking there's only, there only 23,000 yeah. inside Anfield that night although I think the number of people that claim to be there is probably uh, a, bit, <laughs> a bit higher yeah. than that but um, yeah, yeah it, was, it was live on TV and I don't know if that yeah. affected, the, affected the, uh, the attendance plus we were up against it but yeah it was only 23,000 which is unheard of for a you know a Liverpool European night yeah and obviously Liverpool had wiped out the, the two goal deficit from the first leg I think mm. it was 
six or seven minutes to go when Jan yeah. Molby put you through and yeah. fantastic for you as a relatively you know new player at the yeah. club to to get the winner in a yeah. that was Liverpool's first season back in Europe I think as I well. I think it was it? yeah I think it was as I said uh, it was a it was a great night to get on the end of uh, that 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 pass I should say was fantastic and just makes to watch it slide into the corner was brilliant so it was a great overturn of the. Um, of the, 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 the tie and as I said no one gave us a chance really of winning that so to win that was really really promising and enjoyed it over four seasons 124 appearances mm. for Liverpool 19 goals what mm. what other highlights kind of stand out for you from your time at the club uh, the, the first goal I scored actually was uh, the penalty against Notts County actually I always remember that goal because obviously as a player when you when you score for your club you, at least you know that's that column's ticked as it were and you know so I always enjoyed that that uh, that first goal and um, there's some great nights at, at Anfield you know even when I come on sub and um, Blackburn, against Blackburn yeah, yeah, yeah that was a good night two that day didn't you two that, yeah. that game yeah and uh, even the uh, the, the goal that scored um, to, to stop Man United winning the league that was a great night great day as well because obviously although we were in com- competition for, to win the league the fact that we we could affect it was good and so all those those occasions were brilliant yeah I enjoyed that in terms of the 92 FA Cup final against Sunderland you'd, you'd played a part in obviously a lot yeah. of the earlier rounds yeah was that a disappointment to, to miss out and not play a part in that oh without a doubt yeah I mean as a child you always think of playing in the FA Cup final and um, although it was a great day for the club and the, you know as a, as a member of the team squad you always got to make sure everybody's up for it and be upbeat about it but without a doubt not playing in that game was a big disappointment and um yeah, yeah, but, but as I said, the fact that the, the boys won made up for that in, in some way. Yeah, and you know, you spent a long, a big chunk of your playing career playing for Graham Souness. Mm. What, what was he? What was he like to play for? Was, yeah. Obviously, we have this picture of him as being a really you know, strict disciplinarian yeah. that, that maybe lost his temper a fair bit. Was that yeah. the reality? Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, he, was, he could lose his temper with the best of them. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, but. You know, he, he was a boss. You knew, as long as you knew that, there's no problem. You know, if he said jump, you'd say how oh, high, kind of thing. But uh, yeah, it could be abrasive. But um, I, I, I say I've been brought up with strict managers. Ron Saunders, Ron Saunders at Villa, my first manager, was yeah. very a big disciplinarian. I think it's a case of if you turned up late with uh, Ron Saunders, he'd say, uh, "Well, yeah. go back home and come back on your day off and come back in." So that's what I was used to, and um, it was wasn't a problem for me anyway. I was. Uh, I could. Uh, I knew when 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 to uh, turn up on time and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> Why do you think things didn't work out for Graham as Liverpool manager? Um, it's it's a strange one, really. I think it did change things very quickly. Um, too uh, quickly, do you think? Yeah, possibly yeah. too quickly. But obviously, even the players that he did bring through became great players for Liverpool. So maybe it was just a, too quickly, and maybe got rid of some players who still had a lot of football in them. Maybe too quickly as well. But as a, as a former coach myself, I know that personalities are very important in squads and if there's a personality that you don't think is going to help the squad the team even though you might think he could play you might need to get rid of him so I don't know if that was the reason only for only probably Graham can answer that why he got rid of uh, some lads so quickly but maybe that was the biggest reason possibly maybe too soon to quit for some players he got rid of yeah I know obviously there was a lot of changes in personnel he also changed the way Liverpool did things in terms of sports science and mm. he obviously he'd been in Italy hadn't he and yeah. I think he's talked about how he saw a different way of doing things and mm. some players have said you know they, they weren't happy with little yeah. things like not having fish and chips on the way over <laughs> after the games and stuff after more. Do, you, yeah. do you think there was almost like a resistance to like methods that now nowadays mm. obviously are just common at every, yeah. every club yeah I suppose you know you, I wouldn't say you can't teach old dogs new tricks, but 
when you're used to doing something for a long period, it is kind of can be a culture shock for players if they're used to doing things and it's been successful. So it suddenly changed. But as as it's proven, those are the, the ways you got to you got to eat right, you got to drink right, you got to refuel your body right. So as I said, maybe these things were too quick, too soon for some players. But as you, as you know, they you know if you want to play a long career, especially. It's no coincidence that a lot of players now are playing into their 30s quite quite commonly. Yeah. Whereas opposing those days, they, they weren't because of the food's better, the nutrition's better, and uh, all these things help you become a better player. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. He, obviously, he does get some stick for some of the signings that he made, but he also mm. brought through some great young players. Yeah. He, with you know, McManaman yeah. and, and Rob Jones, obviously yeah. Fowler, Fowler was just yeah. kind of coming onto the scene. That was yeah. maybe a side that people don't maybe focus on enough of what Graham did and yeah absolutely I totally agree as I said um, these players became an, an, a great Liverpool careers and uh, yes maybe they, they were coming too soon or too quickly if you like but um, you know I'm a firm believer if you're good enough you're old enough so whatever age it is so as I said maybe uh, maybe too many games from a short period of time but without doubt uh, all these young players became you know Liverpool legends some of them January 94, soonest quit after that FA Cup defeat yeah. to Bristol City. Mm. Did you see, as players, did you see that coming or was that a surprise? Um, it was a bad result, there's no doubt about it. Um, and um, it, I know he had health problems a few years before that, but he's not acquitted, Graham. So I, I don't know what happened behind the scenes, why he left that so quickly, but he, he obviously had enough and maybe he was pushed rather than he quit, I don't know. but. I personally was shocked because I've ne- I never thought he would do it. Yeah. yeah. Was Roy Evans always the obvious successor? Do you think? Yeah, yeah. We, you know, Roy was there. He's been there years, and he knew the knew the team, and they're always generally employed from the, within anyway. So I wasn't surprised that they gave Roy a chance. And he, you know, he was a good manager, Roy. You know, a bit different compared to uh, Sunes, obviously. But I wasn't surprised that they gave him a chance. And uh, you know, the lads were pleased with. It. I think everybody was pleased with the appointment. In terms of Roy Evans, again, the perception is that discipline yeah. or a lack of discipline was was an issue yeah. under his his management, and obviously there was the Spice Boys tag. Yeah, and yeah. Some suggest you know, certain players took liberties. Mm. Is that is that fair? Um, I think that's a fair reflection on a lot of things. I mean, as I said to you earlier, I've been brought with managers who, if you if you're late. Not only do you, you don't train, you go home and then you come back on yeah. your day off. So uh, that wasn't happening. Players were turning up late. Um, I wouldn't say Roy was scared of confrontation, but I think maybe if he'd addressed it early, a lot of these things wouldn't have happened. But you know, his management style was different, obviously, to what they were used to. But I thought he was a good manager, you know, without without doubts. But I think it's discipline and is very important. And if, if lads see players getting away with certain things, then if they do it, then they can say, well, if he can get away, I can get away with it. So I think if he uh, is honest, I think he would say that was a problem, yeah. Yeah. Look, for you, um, you know, after, I think, probably 92, 93, was probably your best season for Liverpool. I think you scored mm. 13 goals. Then, obviously, when, once Roy had taken over, mm. the opportunities dried up. You had a yeah. couple of loan spells, didn't you? Yeah. It was, was kind of, by that point, was the writing on the wall? Did you know then mm. my, my career is going to have to continue? Yeah, without doubt. I mean, I, I always, I don't care what club you're at. If you're at Scunthorpe or Real Madrid, if you're not playing in the first team, it's, you might as well be at, at Scunthorpe, frankly. Yeah. So when I wasn't playing, I, I knew that um, I wasn't. My long-term future wasn't there. I, was, I think I may have been 30 then as well. So age was probably catching up with me as well. So I, I just knew there was time to uh, to move on and. Uh, uh, Roy gave me, offered another contract actually, but um, I just think 
you're long time retired and I just think that all these players who, who, who just sit on their contracts I just don't know how they do it frankly yeah, yeah. I'd just rather play even for less money less adulation whatever I'd just rather play and, and, and thankfully I did because I ended up playing a lot, you know, six, 600 and odd league games, uh, 200 at the lo- lower level, so I'm, I'm quite pleased I did do that. Yeah. In, in the book, obviously, you do reference the fact that at times people accuse you of not being consistent enough mm. when mm. you're in Liverpool. Mm. Do you think that is a, a, a fair assessment, obviously, that maybe Liverpool didn't see the absolute best of you? Yeah, yeah, I can't argue with that. Um, I, I, I could have and should have done better. Um, you know, obviously, we didn't win the league and things like that, and that's always a disappointment. But yeah, I, I can't argue that um, the, the team was in transition a lot, and um, I wish things had went better. But that's how football is. Sometimes you, you move and it doesn't work out as you would like it to. But um, I, I've no regrets of coming to Liverpool. Yeah. Uh, great, great, great time here. To uh, met some great people. The club's a fantastic club. You know, one of the best clubs in the world. Never mind in England. So don't regret a thing. Don't regret a thing. I just wonder whether you, well, you might be a bit envious of wingers these days mm. who get so much more protection yeah. compared to you know what, what some of the some of the treatment you must have had from yeah. opposition defenders. And now these days you can't really lay a glove on a, Absolutely, a player. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Tackle from behind, basically banned now. The pitches are fantastic. You don't have to worry about pitches even away from home. As in my day, there's only three or four decent pitches in the country. So without doubt, they've got things made and. Um, you know, the first tackle you knew you were going to get smashed. <laughs> Whereas now, players can even get sent off for the first tackle, which never happened in my day. So, yeah, yeah. yeah they're very fortunate now, and they're getting all the attributes and all the trimmings of uh, good modern football now. Yeah. Yeah. Who was your toughest opponent? Uh, my toughest opponent had to be Mark Dennis. He was yeah. uh, a savage player, you know. What <laughs> I mean, and he, could, he was a good footballer as well, which is uh, not good people realise. But you knew you'd been in a game uh, when you played against Mark Dennis. Yeah. And my most gifted teammate, who was the, who was the one gifted. that kind of... Yeah, uh, I've been fortunate to some world-class players, but um, for me, John Barnes was the best all-round player that I've played with. Good, good finisher. Even on his weaker foot, he was very good, his right side. So, you know, until he got his bad injury, he was great pace for a big man as well. So, um, yeah, for me, John Barnes was the best player I've played with. And just after playing, I know you went into coaching, you, mm. you worked for Villa and in, in the, the youth age groups, yeah. but fair to say you got a bit disillusioned with the, mm. the lack of opportunities to kind of move further up the, the ladder. Yeah, it was a very frustrating um, playing, working at Villa. Um, I was the only one in my academy who had actually even played the game, played professional football, and two full-time jobs came up, and um, I couldn't even uh, get, get a job on there, so... Um, after about 10 years of trying to get a job or get to a level that I wanted to get to, I'm working for the FA as well, I work for the FA as well, um, who were, I dealt with grassroots players there. I decided to um, move back from it until I got a job that I, um, that I wanted or, or enthused about. Uh, so that eight years later, I've still not had one yet, but um, I'm still, I'm, I haven't closed the door on it. Yeah. If something come up nice, I would definitely think about it. But uh, yeah, I've got to lose in with uh, not coaching at the level I thought I should be. Do you think that is part of a, a wider issue? Because obviously we now see, you know, a, a huge, a huge chunk of players at, at every level now are black players, but yeah. it, that doesn't seem to be reflected in terms of coaches and managers. Yeah. And we hear about potentially bringing in like the Rooney Rule in America. Yeah. Like, do you think we need something like that to to, to, to almost you know to, to encourage it? Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I'd have to. When I first started, I went, no, I want to get a job on merit and stuff. But 
as I said to you earlier, if uh, I'm the only professional, ex-professional footballer in a coaching uh, environment and I don't get the, a chance to yeah. fail even, never mind to succeed, then there's something wrong. So I think it would be a good idea, if only that these millionaire chairmen maybe got an interview from a, a, a black player or black ex-black player or black coach, and then if he didn't even get the job, maybe further down the line, yeah. you say, oh, because obviously managers do turn over quite quickly. Oh, he was good um, when I interviewed him last year. Maybe I'll give him a chance this time. And even if that's sort of just getting him into the loop, as it were, then that might help because the statistics are ridiculous, you know. Yeah. And I know for a fact, like like me, there's a lot of black expert players want to manage. So to not get the opportunity is is, um, is is terrible because these players are going out the game and and the things to last for football when these players with good football uh, minds uh, don't get a chance to, uh, to to use it. And uh, obviously. Aside from promoting the new book, what else are you up to these days? Um, property is that the one? Yeah, I got, I got yeah. a few few properties I let, and um, I try and do everything. Now I've got a lot of time on my hands. I try and do everything from from uh, vetting the tenants to man, maintain, maintaining the stuff. So I try and do everything all hands on, if you like. Um, I do a bit of hospitality for some of my previous clubs and that, and just just try and keep myself busy, as you know. Uh, the devil has worked for idle hands in foot- <laughs> if you're a footballer, ex-footballer. So I just try to keep, do that to keep out, keep out of trouble, really, which is thankfully works for me. Great stuff. Well, Mark, it's been an absolute pleasure. Great to see you back at Anfield, and thanks so much for your time. Thank you very much. Cheers. Thank you. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.